Is it enough to just have some kind of ethical code of conduct? Or is it even enough just to know a certain bit of information? Isn't Christianity way more than just being able to recite certain types of doctrine? In fact, isn't Christianity going down into the heart? Well, we're going to be looking in Romans chapter 2, the second half of this chapter, to answer that very question, and that is coming at you this morning. Good morning and welcome to God's Resistance, where we resist sin, self, the devil, and the world. We're glad you've tuned in. We're continuing our series on the book of Romans, and uh, we had gone through Romans 2, 1 through 16 last Sunday. We are going through Romans 2, 6, or excuse me, 17 through the end of this chapter at this time. The dominant theme uh, is talking about the inward nature of Christianity, or sometimes people say the inward nature of religion. Sometimes people think, I hate religion. I just hate a list of rules and all these do's and don'ts and all that kind of thing. Well, the Bible does say that pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is, and it gives what it is, but it does talk about religion. Um, and religion is not just a code of, of ethics. It's not just a list of do's and don'ts. Uh, Jesus very specifically drilled down into the heart of each one of us, and we find that Paul, preaching Christ's gospel to the Gentiles and to the Jews, Paul was very much concerned with the same. So we're going to be looking here at Romans 2, 17 through 29 here. So I'm going to just start reading. It says, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thyself or makest thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approve the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which hast the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law, through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God? For the name of God is blaspheme among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. For circumcision verily profiteth, if thou keep the law. But if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge thee, who by the letter and circumcision dost transgress the law? For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. So that is just a reading of that in the whole part without breaking it up. But now we're going to go through this um, verse by verse and just kind of see what it says, make application to us here in this day. So he starts off by saying, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God. So at this point in chapter 2, he was dealing with the Jewish people because in chapter 1, he was saying the Gentiles were doing these terrible, wicked things, and yes, they need the gospel. And then he turns around and says to the Jews, but you also need the gospel. And they would have been self-satisfied at this point, thinking that, you know, Paul was rightfully talking to the Gentiles, but they were already all set. And he's trying to help them to realize that's not the case. He said, behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God. And so he's saying, you are resting in the law for your salvation. You make your boast of God, that you're the godly. 
and that the you know you don't need any kind of help like i was saying before sounds there there's there's a class of people in our present day that that have that same kind of an attitude that same kind of an idea and he said and you jews you in verse 18 you know his will and approve the things that are more excellent being instructed out of the law and are confident that thou thyself art a guide of the blind a light of them which are in darkness so he's saying it's not as if you've rejected the law you see that the law is good and right and holy and that ref that's going to be referenced later as we go through romans chapter 7 the law was the Jews' delight, and really anybody that loves God would look towards the, at least the moral aspect of the law and say, that's right. That's that's high uh, moral, ethical standards. You know, there's right and wrong wrapped up in that. There's something about our conscience that goes with that, goes right along with it, and it's because it is an out, uh, a forth-telling of God's heart, the, the moral law is. And so the Jew naturally would approve that moral law. The thing is, they were hiding behind it. And he says, you see that these things are more excellent and you're instructed in it, you know? So you you turned around and you looked at the Gentiles as was done in chapter one. And basically you were just telling us how dirty and wicked the Gentiles are, how much that they definitely needed God because they were in such a state. And he said, and you, you're approving that this law is more excellent and you are instructed out of this law. And because you're instructed out of this law, because you know it in verse 19, he says, you're confident that you yourself are a guide of the blind, a light of them which are in darkness. So naturally, I guess this is like this in the human condition in every realm of society. When we know something and somebody else doesn't, don't we naturally say, well, I know how to do this. Let me show you. You know, there's there's something of that nature uh, within us that when we have knowledge, we're pleased to be able to talk to people about that and to pass it along. There's nothing necessarily uh, wrong with that. But you've probably also had the experience, I know, my dad, he um, he did landscaping, and we did lots of stonework uh, we ended up doing. And so we were at the same job site as people who were doing construction work, building houses, and then sometimes they would be uh, doing the inside work in the houses while we were doing some of the outside work. And so we got to be around a lot of different um, technicians, whether it was a tradespeople, I should say, whether it was uh, people in construction, plumbing, electrical work, uh, you know, carpentry, whatever it might be. We were around a lot of these contractors. And I remember so many times being at jobs and they had the guy who came with the, he was the architect, I guess. He was the one that came with the stamped paper and he would eventually, he would, eventually he would show up every once in a while saying, oh, this is not right. And this needs to be done like this. And this needs to be done like this. And after he left, I remember hearing some of the guys uh, saying, yeah, you know, here this guy is, sits behind a desk, draws everything on paper, and in that paper world, you know, that might work out just fine. But when it comes down to what what is happening right in front of our faces, it's impossible for us to do things just like he says. That's just not how things work. And, and we all understood that. We thought, well, that's foolish. If we were to do it like he said, you know, it, it would just be a mess or it wouldn't work. And so it's one thing to have knowledge up in your head, but it's another thing to have the working knowledge of how things actually are from experience, you know, and that's kind of a weak illustration, but it helps us to understand a little bit more about the Jewish people of this time that Paul was talking to. It is as if they had a head knowledge, but zero heart knowledge. They knew the law so far as, you know, you could go to a seminary, get a degree and all that, but do they know the Lord? That's a totally different thing. And so he said, you think you are confident that you yourself are a guide of the blind, a light of them, which are in darkness an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. So he's saying, I grant it to you. 
you do have a form of truth, a form of knowledge and of the truth that's in the law. But there's a huge thing that you're lacking, which is what he's going to get into. And dear listener, I just want to say this to you. You can have all your T's crossed and all your I's dotted and ascribing to a specific doctrinal camp and think that you, you, you know, you're, you're the best person basically to be helping others, you know, simply because you have this knowledge. Again, we should all be people that love the Lord, our God, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. So we shouldn't shun gaining of knowledge, but knowledge in and of itself isn't going to help. So if that's you, dear listener, we also have to make sure that our hearts are in the right place because knowledge without that, that reality inside of our heart is just puffing us up. It is killing the spiritual life. And ultimately, we end up doing more damage to people around us than good because we think we know better. All the while, we don't even have the heart of Christ. And so we do need to have those two things be wedded together. And at this point, it appears to be these Jewish people did not have those two things wedded together. And Paul is trying to help them to see their condition. And so he says, you know all the thing about the the law. You've got knowledge. You've got a form of the knowledge and the truth. But then he asks the question that's more important in verse 21. Thou therefore, which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery, dost thou commit adultery? Thou that abhorrest idols, dost thou commit sacrilege? Thou that makest thy boast of the law through breaking the law, dishonorest thou God? This is what's going on. And then he says, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you as it is written. I have talked with so many people. I'm out on the street a lot. So many people are burned by those that call themselves Christian that are in the church because they have witnessed hypocrisy in the lives of those that profess to be disciples of Jesus Christ, Christians. And they say, these people say that they're Christians, but their attitude's nasty. They are doing things that, you know, are questionable. And sometimes even the people that are doing that, they're like, I don't even live like that. I don't even talk like that. I don't even do that. That is a huge indictment upon the church. If church, if we, if we're to the place now where we think that we can get our ticket punched, you know, and, and just say that we were saved way back there, but it has no bearing on how we live now, or we're making excuse for sin in our life, we've totally missed the point. We are no better than these Jews here, which have the form of knowledge and of the truth, but are missing the heart of it. So we can get up and preach the gospel to other people, but then we're preaching the gospel. Are we living hypocritically? When we're telling people, you know, you need to stop your life of fornication and and uh, sinning and, and sexual immorality. You need to stop doing that. Jesus will help you stop doing those things. Repent, you know, that kind of thing. We, we can talk to people like that. But what about you in your own heart? Do you have a terrible temper problem with your children at home? Do you have, do you struggle with lust and pornography, though no one else might know except you and God? Do you have jealousy inside of your heart and bitterness toward other people? You know, because in the church, maybe somebody else got recognized for doing something and you thought, well, I could do so much better than them. Why didn't they recognize me? You see, hypocrisy kills and we need to be careful about that. We need to be aware, is our heart in the right place? Because our head knowledge isn't going to help by itself. And so he says, Don't, do you do all these things? Because if you're preaching this, you better walk the walk. You better walk with the talk, so to speak. If you're telling people this is what they need to do, you, you should be living that way yourself. Otherwise, it falls on deaf ears. And that's what he said happened. For the name of God is blasphemed among you, uh, or excuse me, is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you, as it is written. And if we're not careful, Church of Christ, we can live in such a way where the name of God is blasphemed to those that are outside of the church, that are outside of Christ. 
They look at our lives and our lives are the are the thing that is uh, pushing us away from Christ. I remember it was Gandhi one time said, uh, your Jesus, he's, um, you know, wonderful. He, I mean, he's everything that I would strive for. I want to live like him. I want to be like him. I love his teachings. He said, I don't have a problem with Jesus. I have a problem with those that say they follow him because you're nothing like him. And that's a huge indictment. That's what the world around is looking at, hypocrisy. So if we're living hypocritically, we got to repent. He said, for circumcision verily profiteth if thou keep the law, but if thou be a breaker of the law, thy circumcision is made uncircumcision. So you, you say you're keeping the law, but if you break the law, that circumcision doesn't mean anything. It's just an outward sign. Therefore, if the uncircumcision keep the righteousness of the law, shall not his uncircumcision be counted for circumcision? Why? Because God's looking at the heart there. And shall not uncircumcision, so the Gentiles that are uncircumcised, won't they be considered righteous because simply they believe in God and they're walking with you and they're living right? They'll be considered righteous over you that just has the outward form of circumcision. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge you, Jewish man, who does, um, who is circumcised, who by the letter and circumcision does transgress, transgress the law, this man is judging you, the Gentiles judging you, because he is living holy and righteously, empowered by the grace of God, and you have the, the outward form of it, but you have no heart. For he is not a Jew, this is the crux of the matter, he's not a Jew which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter, in the mere knowledge of things, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Here's the thing. If we have not had a radical heart change and Jesus is living as king, as Lord and master of our hearts, and he has not changed us so that we can say all things are become new, and we're just holding to some kind of dead letter, we're holding to a shell of religion with no life inside of it, we're in trouble. We're just like these Jews. We're hypocrites to the world. We're fooling ourselves. But here is what Paul says. Concern yourself with this. True religion, true reality with God is not in the letter of the law, though if we have true reality with God, that will change what we do. True reality with God is from the heart. So how about you, dear listener? Where's your heart with God? Are you playing the hypocrite or have you been radically changed through the power of Jesus Christ and his gospel? God bless you. Your next step is to call 570-362-7782. I'd love to talk with you over the phone. And if you're local, I'd love to get a coffee with you at a coffee shop. Now, every Thursday at 5.30, we are out in the public square in Wilkes-Barre. And immediately following at 6.30, we have a Bible study at Abide Coffee Shop. And Sundays at 4 p.m., we are out having a street meeting. And we would love to see you there. You're invited.